Hello and welcome to the Culture Shift Escape Podcast. I am Chris. And I am Seth. All right, let's get started. Today we are going to talk about a lot of stuff on Twitter. So uh, Guardians of the Galaxy director and writer got in trouble um, and actually got fired from Disney for his, um, his tweets from 2008. I wanted to talk about that with Seth. I also want to talk about Donald Trump's Twitter and if it's... Um, important, or if it's something that he should have access to, or if he'd be better off without it. Uh, is there anything you wanted to talk about specifically, Seth? Uh, no, I just thought today we'd kind of uh, we just kind of wing it and see how see where we go. He said before the podcast he was going to freeball it. I did, and I can't <laughs> see his bottom half, so <laughs> I don't know what he's doing in there. I did say that. Yeah. Um, okay. Well. Um, yeah. Well, let's start with uh, with James Gunn. Um, so. Um, this has been something that a lot of people have done over the past you know, couple of years is they'll dig up tweets from, from a long time ago and then they'll hold it against people. Um, it was used against um, one of the reporters from, I think, CNN a little bit ago. or I, I don't remember exactly, so I don't want to misquote, but um, it just happens. It seems like something that is common now is you dig up tweets and then people get in trouble for him. Yeah. So we're going to talk specifically about James Gunn, and then we're going to going to talk about, I guess, the general idea of the situation that's happening with with James Gunn. So I'm going to read a few of his tweets, and then Seth and I will talk about them and uh, talk about what it means to us. So one of them is he tweeted at Peter Alton, "I like it when little boys touch me in my silly place." Shh. Um, obviously, in response to something, um, one other thing he said, photo shoot with Emily, a couple people, um, two women and one guy. Oh, I get they're, they're all women. Uh, trying to maintain a semi-chub so they all look impressive in these photos. Uh, another one is my new film, Jerk Loose, a small town where beating off is illegal. And one high school kid jerks off in front of the others to show how fun it is. So basically, a bunch of inappropriate tweets. I think that anybody can understand that those are inappropriate and uh, highly. shouldn't be. Yeah, yeah, highly inappropriate and, and really shouldn't be out there. It's kind of silly that he'd do this. But, um, Seth, do you think that he should have been fired? Do you think that he should be done um, and uh, not, not allowed to direct Guardians of the Galaxy? Um, I do. I do think okay. that he should be because... Um, and uh, I'd say if... the the, the the game that they play in Hollywood is always the same where it's like, Oh, I tweeted that, but I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a comedian. I'm in Hollywood. I'm growing as a person. Yeah. I've made some uh, stupid jokes in the past. And it's always like, they always have this, like, because they're in Hollywood and they're like always changing and adapting and becoming new people that it's always the, the excuse is Oh, it was a joke. It was a bad taste joke or, Oh, you know, I'm a comedian. So like, you know, sometimes if you don't like the joke, get out of, you know, don't listen. And I think there's some truth to that. I think that, you know, sometimes people make, you know, I listen to Tosh.0 sometimes and he has a very, um, what would you say? They have, he has a very uh, R-rated, yeah, he has a very R-rated comedic jokes that he tells all the time. Um, He's funny. Sometimes I don't find him all that funny. Sometimes he's hilarious. Uh, But 
I don't think that's something that you can fall back on all the time, especially right now with how Hollywood has been treating, or especially with the whole disaster of the Me Too movement and like the, th- the stuff that's come to light about Hollywood. Stuff that people have probably known about for years, but now it's finally like actually taking place where Harvey Weinstein just got arrested and um, was, and they've been raping people for no decades and it's finally coming out as like fact and not like something like oh that's probably happening but there's no evidence to support it but now it's actual fact people are going to jail for it so when you say these tweets i I can't help but think like okay maybe he's actually being pretty open about what he likes and he's playing it off like it's a joke but he probably does like little boys touching him and it's just it's just disgusting like it's um what was the other guy roman polanski who's been uh i think he was a convicted pedophile um i'm and and the hollywood praises him for it so i think this is going on for well they don't praise him for it they praise him um in spite of it yeah well yeah they say that he's a genius but i mean even after his conviction i think he was convicted i can't i'm not 100 percent on that but even afterwards they're still they still bring him to Hollywood shows. They still praise him as a great director or whatever it was that he was. And it's just like, it's just, it's just, it's just gross. And I do, I think that, I think that James Gunn should have been fired for this. Um, I, I happen to like guardians of the galaxy, but I mean, no, he's a despicable person. Um, and, and yeah, I think, I think he's just gross. And I think that if you say stuff like that, then I don't know. Yeah, no, I, 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 so I, I, I'm going to disagree with you. Um, so I, I, not that he's gross. I think he's gross, but I, I know. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, but I, I do disagree that he should be fired. Um, I would like to be as, as consistent as possible on this. If, if this was someone on the right, um, if this was, uh, I, I, let's say, um, Glenn Beck, Glenn Beck had, you know, tweeted this stuff out, um, and then they fired him from his own network, I guess. But, um, you know, or, or, Roseanne Barr or Roseanne Barr. Um, so I, I, I honestly think that if they're not doing anything illegal, so there's no proof that anything illegal is happening. Um, what they're saying are, are just words and they're just jokes. And unless you could prove some type of nefarious activities, I just don't think that you should be fired for them, especially being 10 years ago when he made these tweets, he was, um, a younger guy. You're right. He may have, um, you know, there may have been something going on. And unless there's claims to back that up, I, I wouldn't like to think that that's, that's the case. So to fire somebody um, when their art isn't a reflection of, uh, or they're, they're, these jokes aren't a reflection of their, the art that they're currently doing. They're, the, the directing that he's doing on um, these Guardians of the Galaxy films have been great. He wrote both of, the, both of them. They're both really good. Um, and the third Guardians of the Galaxy, you, know, you would assume would be just as good or, or better. But I don't think that he should be fired, personally. Okay. I And, okay, so... Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say I agree with you, on pure conservatism and pure like freedom of speech thought process. I completely agree with the assessment, and I think maybe what I'm what I'm what I'm doing with my original statement is, I'm thinking about it like, what he's saying is, the way that I view Hollywood is obviously not in a very good light. I think that Hollywood is gross. I think they do a lot of gross things. I think they say a lot of gross things, and. I don't think that he was kidding. I actually probably do think a lot internally that 
this is who he is. He actually is just trying to be an open pedophile. Like he thinks that that's a good thing. Yeah, it may be in jest. And and you're right. There is no evidence to back it up that there is actuality that this like this is actually happening. Happening, but it's and so I, I guess my first take on this is yes, he should be fired because I actually think he's a pedophile. Right. No. But, and if that's the case, then uh, absolutely. But right now, what do, what do you think on, should there be a statute of limitations on Twitter? Should there be a, every five years, Twitter recycles, whatever you said five years ago does not count anymore? Or is it everything you put out there is out there and it's how you are today? So if I say today I'm in love with Seth, does that mean that in five years I have to be in love with Seth? No, no, I don't think there should be a statute of limitations on Twitter. I think that when you put something out there, it can be out there for a long time. But I just think that... Um, and this might be a little contradicted from what I said before. I mean, I guess I didn't really say anything about this before, but I think that people grow as people. Yeah. And so like you can say something and then, you know, two years, one year, six months down the road, you can say, you know what? Hey, I was speaking to someone on a podcast or I heard something on a podcast or I heard, uh, uh I was discussing it with somebody and they opened my eyes and they gave me some valid points to change my mind. And I grew as a person and I, and I changed. So I think that's, completely yeah. fair yeah you, but you're you're thinking it's that not like i mean i've that, said a bunch um, of stupid stuff well i i think that you but you're if i'm if i'm hearing your argument correctly your argument is that this is not something that he said this is a fundamental issue within himself that is um unforgivable if if this is the way that he's acting if he's acting on what he is tweeting right and and yes so i i think that he is actually a disgusting person in his personal life. And, and, and like you said, there is no actual evidence to back that up. I just, with everything that's been happening in Hollywood, that's come to light. I feel like most of these people are disgusting. Even the girls who got raped in the past by Harvey Weinstein, I think they're disgusting for not coming forward sooner and saying, Hey, they let more women get attacked. They let more women. And, and I'm kind of going off, off topic. No, here, that's okay. Like, we can it's like touch these, on this. It's just, it's, it's, it's all of these people in Hollywood who are just trying to make a name for themselves do and say a lot of gross things to fit in with the crowd. Because if you don't fit in, you're never going to get a part. You're never going to get a directing job. You don't, you'll never get into the studio and make a full-length feature film or you know all this stuff. You have to be part of the crowd. You have to do what the crowd does. And obviously with Roman Polanski and other people who are prominent players in Hollywood, they are pedophiles. And Hollywood praises them, not necessarily for that but for the, the, oh, they're so artful and they're, oh, they make great movies and they're a genius, but, you know, oh, but they touch kids. And so they all do it. They, you know, they, and, and so I feel like this is just an, uh, a fundamental part of what Hollywood is. I think James Gunn actually does like touching little boys or vice versa. And, and I, again, have no proof to back that up. And I, I, I will say that I agree that he probably shouldn't be fired unless they can actually prove it. But I mean, so are you saying that this is the first time you'd ever be in favor of gun control? <laughs> <laughs> no, but in, in all yeah. seriousness, I wanted to back up real quick on Harvey Weinstein stuff. Um, just to clarify for our listeners that Seth is not blaming um, the rape victims of Harvey Weinstein um, for their rapes, for the for what happened to them. He's blaming um, or saying that they're complicit in what happens to everyone after them because they are um, uh, perpetrating this culture that it's, it's okay for these guys to do disgusting things to women because it's just part of the, the part of the entertainment culture and part of getting jobs. Um, so I don't think that he's blaming them for what happened to them. He's blaming them for what they didn't do afterwards. 
Right. And well, and then to, to kind of further that is I'm not blaming them for the sexual acts that took place against right. them for their, for their misfortune. That wasn't their fault. But what was their fault was all of the other girls that came after them. Then they share the blame. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can see They're, that. They, they share the blame because they didn't step forward and say, no, you, you disgusting person. This needs to be outed because if, if I don't do it, other people are going to get hurt just like I did. They didn't, they, they didn't have the courage to step up. And then, of course, they get up on stage and everyone says, oh, my God, you're so brave. You're so brave. And it's like, where was the bravery? How could you let this happen? How could you let this keep going? Yeah, and, it, and it, I, I think that it's, it's even more important when you're talking about the people that did make it big. Um, you know, the, uh, that, that one lady, what's her name? Um, the one that says she didn't know, but she yeah, actually does yeah, know. Mel- thank Meryl you, Street. Thank you. I just wanted to keep saying uh, uh, Helen Mirren. So yeah, Meryl Streep. <laughs> um, you know, she made it big. She made it big years ago, and she easily could have come out and protected a lot of people uh, from the acts of Har- Harvey Weinstein um, and and others. I mean, he's not the only one. He's just the only one that is, you know, I guess ousted. So, um, anyways, I just wanted to touch base on that. Yeah. Um. Now. I will say, I wanted to say something about James Gunn again. Um, I think you're right. I think that I, I, I would say for, for the purpose of conservatism and the purpose of free speech, I would change my original position. Oh, and, and, uh, the Roseanne Barr. Like, uh, again, I feel like I feel good that, uh, James Gunn got fired for what he did only because of what happened to Roseanne Barr. Like, I feel it's like tit for tat almost. It's like, okay, well you guys flipped out about Roseanne Barr and now it's just like, now it's coming at, you're getting attacked for the same thing that you did to Roseanne Barr. So it's like, okay, you know, tit for tat, you deserve this and ha ha ha. But I don't, I don't like that train of thought because it feels good. But at the same time, it's like, okay, well, but neither one of them should have been fired. Like, Roseanne should have walked it back and said, okay, you know, I'm sorry, I, I, I didn't know she was black. Because, I mean, honestly, if you look at the lady, she doesn't really seem, she's not, it's not like you could look at her and say, oh my God, she's absolutely Yeah, yeah, American. definitely. What was what was her so, name again? Oh. I have no idea. Well, that doesn't help me. But it does not, I'm sorry. But it, it I'm sure if you pull up Ro- Roseanne Barr yeah. tweet about whoever, you know, it's, you know, she'll pop up. But um, I don't think what Roseanne Barr said was, in good taste, I think she's an idiot, and she's always been an idiot. And uh, I mean, I've never liked her really. Her acting, I've never really cared for the Roseanne show. I've never cared for any of her movies, so I don't really care about Roseanne Barr. But I don't think what happened to her was fair or just. Um, I think that it was a stupid mistake, and people make stupid yeah. mistakes all the time. I mean, it happens all the time in Hollywood, and people aren't getting fired for their stupid mistakes. Obviously, Harvey Weinstein lasted decades. Raping yeah, people, no, definitely, so. and um, it was Va- Valerie Jarrett, and yeah, Roseanne Barr. Yeah, okay basically said that Valerie Jarrett looked like a cross between Planet of the Apes and the Muslim Brotherhood um, because of her haircut and the way that she looks. Um, but people took that as racist. Roseanne Barr walked it back by saying, I'm sorry, I was." it was an ambient tweet. No one really um, got that, but her show was canceled immediately. I think it was actually the next day it was canceled. And so the double standard does does get to me too, and that's why... I think I want to stay as consistent as possible on this and say that neither of them should be fired unless there's something nefarious that they're doing that is either against the law or um, even uh, morally 
uh, ambiguous. And so none of this is. I mean, it's it's saying things that are morally ambiguous, but not necessarily doing things. And so I think that that's um, completely fine as long as it doesn't get out of hand. Right. And I think it, for me, like it's, it's sometimes it's really hard to and and I know Republicans are guilty of this, but I feel like the Democrats are a little bit more more guilty of it because they spend most of their time within emotion. And so when stuff like this happens, it, it's hard to, to pull yourself out of the emotional level of it and say, yes, finally, you're getting the, a taste of your own medicine. Yes, finally, you guys are, you know, you're getting hit with the same thing that you hit us with. And, and it, it does, it clouds your judgment. It, 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 it absolutely clouds your judgment. And um, I think that that's, you know, it's important for people to say, and, and that's why I think these discussions are important to have the discussions because you can say, you know what? Yeah, you're right. Um, free speech is, I'm a free speech abs- absolutist. And by that standard, I think that you should be able to say whatever you want to say. And if you actually, and if that leads and leads you to break the law or to be a pedophile, you should be arrested on the grounds absolutely. that you took action yeah, exactly, and not just exactly. the fact that you and were that's, just that's saying my, my point exactly. So, so yeah, which is a absolute fair point. It's a, a a point that I think everyone should understand that you know you have the right to free speech. You can say st- a lot of stupid stuff, uh, but if you take action on any such things that you know leads to breaking the law, then you know you should serve the full or you should have the full hammer of justice yeah. come down on you. Do you think that uh, people should delete their tweets every so often? Um, not even that Twitter does it or that there's a, a cultural statute of limitations on them do you think that people should actually delete them just for the benefit of not having to go through this or do you think it looks worse if they delete something that ends up being bad um so i don't think i i honestly don't think that people should delete their tweets and not not for any reason in particular just i mean if you delete your tweets just to safeguard yourself from you know people bringing up old old tweets um to throw in your face, but it also, it, it kind of like destroys the record for the good things that you've said as well. So like if you're, if you're coming out and you're saying, you know, something good about somebody or something, you know, that was wise or, you know, I, I don't no, know. Exactly I get it. So let's say, say that in, in it, 2008, you came out and said that you were, um, you were pro gun, right? 2008. We could look back now mm-hmm. 10 years and say, um, no. and, and look back and say, oh, look, Seth's been consistent in his gun stances since 2008, at least. You could see that on Twitter. Um, yeah, or if you right, supported exactly. uh, President Trump from the beginning, you can see that versus, um, you know, people that kind of flip-flop on, on who they support. So in order to see your, um, you know, how consistent you are with all your stances, you can look back at your tweets. So I get that. Right, which which is, is good for audio, too, because then you can come out and say that, you know what, hey, um, Obama and Hillary Clinton were both in favor of same-sex marriage until in what was it, 2012? They... No, no, no. They were in favor of same-sex. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Yes, you're right. Not, yeah. not in favor of same-sex marriage. They were in favor of a man and a woman until I think it was 2012 when they came out and started, you know, kind yeah, of saying, yeah. "Oh no, you know, we're we're for everybody. We everyone." Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a. Yeah. I think, but I don't think Twitter was around in 2008. Yeah, I actually don't know. I think maybe it was like a 2011, 2012 um, thing. It wasn't around when I was in high school, so mm-hmm. I guess that makes sense. But I think these yeah. tweets are from 2008, James Gunn's. So maybe it was. Yeah, between 2008 and 2012, they joked about pedophilia and uh, child rape. Interesting. I, yeah, I wonder when uh, Twitter was founded. Because, like, I mean, the iPhone didn't come out until 2007, so it's it would be amazing that Twitter's been around that long. But, um, of course, I didn't have Twitter until a couple of years ago. Yeah, definitely. So, 
And I am not. I am pro gun, but I'm not pro James Gun. <laughs> um, yeah, so I um, I looked at his uh, his record of like what movies he's done, and he's done some weird stuff. Uh, he's also done some really great stuff too. A lot of good movies too, but he's just done some weird stuff. So, do you think that the Republican outrage is um, justified in being upset that there is a double standard, or do you think that they should hold up their own standard? the way that they would hold up against anybody else on the left or on the right, they should hold up that standard to the left and then let things, um, you know, devolve from there. I mean, I certainly think that people are justified in being angry that there is a double standard because I myself are, are, and I'm, I'm angry that there's a double standard. I don't, I don't like the fact that just because you, you like a person, you're going to treat them differently than other people. That's why I think a lot of people were pissed off about uh, Hillary Clinton not being jailed for the, email scandal like that that should have been you know that was an easy easy thing to say hey you know this is against the law it's it's highly stupid but you know we're gonna let you off because we like you as president and i think that that's been kind of very very clear during the the investigations that are going on now where comey and 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 struck said you know hey we're highly in favor of hillary clinton and they're the ones who are investigating her during the email scandal. And it's like, okay, well, you're in favor of her and you're investigating her. There's like a conflict of well, interest. Well, definitely. There. So so you think that I will... um, supporting a party puts a conflict of interest so that you do think that any FBI agent or anybody shouldn't support a party at all? I, I honestly think that they are, there should be some sort of, and I know it kind of takes away your right as a, as a, as an American citizen, but like kind of like the secret service, they, they will protect whatever president they have to protect, whether whatever party affiliation they want to agree to. They they say we're not going to talk about it. We don't care what what party you're affiliated with. We're going to protect yeah, you no. just like we should protect you. And I even think in the beginning of uh, Trump's administration, there was a, a Secret Service agent that said, um, "I don't think I'd, I'd yeah. step in front of him or step in front of a bullet for him." Yeah, and no, and I think fired. that's that's completely right. And I think that's yeah. the right answer is that it doesn't matter what party they um, they favor. They need to uphold their job. Uh, no matter what. So if it's, um, if like you said, Secret Service, they need to do the job of the Secret Service or the FBI. They need to do their job as the FBI. Um, they can't hold um, bias based on their political preferences. Would you think that it would be okay to, like, I mean, obviously these are people who are, um, who strive in the Justice Department or, or, or through the law enforcement and go to school and do it just to become an FBI agent or like a CIA director or whatever. And do you think that they should forego their right to to vote even to join these no, uh, agencies? I think that yeah, I think that everyone, really? um, especially people that are in service of the government, should be able to vote for our government. Yeah. Yeah, but these people are so like they're they're, I mean, these are the people who are you know capable of tapping phones and and monitoring people. They're in favor of monitoring other governments. Uh, they're, they they have such a, a huge responsibility for our country and then of course all, like for global policy as well where it's like maybe they shouldn't be hindered by specific uh specific positions like they're going to favor one candidate over over the other if they were just completely neutral and then at that point got their uh decided that they weren't going to fight or sorry vote it would no longer become a, a a partisan thing for them. I'm, I'm not I'm not saying that I am in favor of it. I just think that there would be an, uh, an, an interesting conversation there to have about like our our yeah, people. Yeah, well, who are in- I think 
I think that my first like. answer is that they shouldn't have as much power to tap phones and to surveil anybody in America. Um, my second answer is that if if they don't have the right to vote like every other citizen, then it puts them even more so either above the law or below the law, but I think even more so above the law because then what are they going to do if they want to? So they're, every citizen's um, path to be able to change something is through legislation. It is it's through uh, voting for their legislators, voting for the president, voting for the local governments, and if they can't vote, then what are they going to do to change America? They're going to do things nefarious, and so they're going to mm -hmm. go and do even more stuff because they don't even have that power to vote. Yeah, and and I I can see that side of it, and, but it's also kind of like what's happening now with the deep state. Like, I mean, obviously there's all these people with security clearances that are getting their hands on, you know, top secret stuff that's being leaked out to the general public because they don't happen they happen to not like Trump. So it's like, you know, it's it's kind of it's tarnishing Trump's administration as it has, I'm sure, or it could have done with any other administration as well. So it's yeah. It's, well, the problem is, to, is that. With these people having so much is, power is, is, is but it, it, we have to find those thought. people that are doing the leaking and doing the and be really strong on it, and so that they can't leak anymore, and um, and punishing those people. I don't think punishing FBI agents in general is is the right answer. Yeah, well, I'm not saying that it would be a punishment. I'm not going to say you're going to oh, we're going to strip you of your right to vote. I would say that it would be like a conscious thing that the FBI would say, hey, you know what? If you want to join the FBI here's what it is you're gonna to have to forego your right it's not a, i don't i don't know if i'd, I'd classify it as a punishment but i mean since we're on the topic though how do you feel about trump uh saying that he might revoke um what was it like nine different people's security clearances because he yeah yeah i don't partisan. um i don't like it um but again it, beca it comes down to punishing certain people that he decides not like hey we're gonna revoke all uh, anybody that's not in my administration now we're just going to revoke all um, uh, security clearances for anybody that's not an active member of my cabinet or an active member of the administration. That's okay. But if it's, hey, we're going to pick and choose these nine people, but not the other nine people that are behind me, um, I'm only going to pick and choose. I just don't like that. I think it's too much power for the president. Right. Oh, well, it's Absolutely. within yeah, his yeah. capabilities, no, is, though, yeah. as president, is it not? Okay. And then, and, and, because he has such a problem right now with the deep state and like people leaking sensitive information, how else would you like to, him to go about fixing that problem without revoking people's security clearances? Because these are all, of course, um, all Obama uh, holdovers. So they're they were appointed by Obama in the first place, and they're they're still in the positions that they were uh, were in, and they yeah, they no, might and be that's, acting it's partisan. Very well, could be the case. I think that you have to take each individual situation. So let's say it's um, there's a meeting and something leaked from that meeting. Um, I think they need to go and say, okay, who is in this meeting? Let's sit everybody down and take care of it then, right, at, right after it happens. Listen, there was something leaked. You guys are all fired unless someone comes clean. If no one comes clean, all fired, every single one of them. And I think... I don't know. I, I, I think just firing all of them would just be like, no, nope, yeah, you guys and, were all and, in the meeting. You're, you're all taking fired. a stronger stance instead of... Um, it's almost like he's signaling that he wants to do something, but he's not willing to do what's, um, you know, full bore and, and say, okay, I'm going to fire anybody that is leaking information. And if I don't know who's leaking the information, then everyone that's involved is going to get fired. Um, versus just saying, okay, I'm just going to oh. blanket across these, you know, this, these nine Democrats that I don't, I don't want to have security clearance. They don't get it anymore. Yeah. And of course, you know, he might be acting partisan, which of course the president is obviously partisan, but, you know, I think that he could be doing this just to just to appease his base and saying, look, like, I know you guys don't like 
Obama and you didn't like the things that Obama did. So whatever Obama touched, I'm just going to kind of like, whether it be security clearances or whether it be um, uh, executive orders or whatever it might be. (laughs) Yeah, get rid of her. (laughs) so he, you know, he he's obviously the most partisan person in America because he's the highest position. Yeah, I, and I, I actually disagree position. that he should you know, he's, um, he's be partisan. I've I've always hated that the presidents are are. Um, I, I understand that there there's a there's a fundamental difference between Democrats and Republicans, but I I always hated that they have to fight against the the Democrats instead of fighting for what's right and then you know kind of working with whatever side's going to work it out. But I know that we have a difference of opinion there for sure. Yeah, well, I well, I mean, I don't necessarily disagree with that, but I will say that that our the way that yeah. our our system works makes it kind of hard because you know maybe for the first year and a half you could hold a position of like, hey, you know, I'm going to be bipartisan and we're going to get things done and we're going to make sure that we you know we push legislation um, for both parties. But once midterms start coming around, you know, the president's got to you know he's got to start endorsing uh, Republican candidates and say, hey, you know, in this district, in this district, in this in this district, he's going to of course support whatever Republicans running. And so, and then of course, if he's going to run for re-election, he's got to, you know, for the next two years, he's got to campaign and say, Hey, you know, I am partisan. I am the Republican. I am this and this and this and this. So it's going to be, you know, the way that our system is designed, it kind of like, yeah, but if, if you take your partisan. agenda, um, I think and that's be kind of you hard. say this, this is my agenda. This is what I want to do. And whatever side's going to back me, that's what I'm going to do. Um, then you're not really losing your base. Um, especially Trump, who I think his base is probably one of the strongest bases um, after Obama, where no matter what he does, people are going to follow him. Um, he can, you know, and, and which will kind of lead me into the next thing I want to talk about in Twitter. But um, so I think that he has a lot more uh, flexibility to do what he needs to. And most and a lot of presidents could uh, potentially, if they have a strong base, do what they need to do to get things done that, um, you know, it's that they feel is going to help America. But um, that's just my opinion. Yeah. Uh, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I think that if Trump started being soft in, in, in favor of being bipartisan, I think that he'd start to see a little fall off with his base. I think that he, they, they'd start to see it as weakness towards, you know, of course. And the, and the, the, the problem might be is that a lot of the Republicans right now view the Democrats as the enemy. And, you know, we don't view them as um, as partners in the United States anymore because we feel like they're they're legitimately trying to destroy what the United States is. And to be honest, I, I, I feel like that a little bit myself because, you know, with their platform going full socialist, with their platform saying that they want to get rid of borders, with their platform saying that they don't trust the police, with, you know, they're they're not really making it very easy for ordinary public or to ordinary Americans to say, you know what, hey, uh, you're not the enemy. You know, it's it's hard to say that because they're they kind of want to disrupt the entire, you know, the entire system, and that that's bothersome to me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we're just looking at each other. Um, no, I, so I wanted um, I, I would I would like to switch off of uh, this Shoot. and go back to to Twitter because that's more fun. Um, I, I don't I don't disagree that the the, the Democrats right now are they're shifting um, much uh, much too much to the uh, even the what what do they keep calling it the, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, the socialism the democratic socialism even them moving that far you know even closer to that I just I can't get on board with that um, 
so I, I can I can agree with you that following in line with that part of the Democratic Party would not be good. But there are parts that I think um, include in, in terms of um, just freedoms yeah, in general that Trump could follow that, that people could get behind. Yeah, I mean, just think about this. What if in order for um, so Trump decides, hey, I want to I want to legalize marijuana across the United States. Um, but the right, maybe not. They don't maybe they don't want to do that. Um, and so he decides, OK, I'm going to work with the Democrats and he gets it passed and yeah. um, he passes legalizing marijuana in all 50 states. Uh, you know, whether or not I think that's a great idea or not, that's a different topic. But I will say that I think that it, I think it would be. be. No, I think he'd get pushed back in some states. Up. And I, I, I think that what he, if if he could get anything yeah. done on the on marijuana, which I'm just going to talk about this for a little bit. But I think he could even get to the point where maybe it's not legal for, Maybe he would just reverse the idea that it's banned on the federal level, which means that each state could then take it into their their own hands to to legalize it if they want to. Right. Which I think would be the best way to go about things. It's kind of like gay marriage, where it's like, hey, if you or maybe not gay marriage, um, uh, abortion. Yeah. Just kick it back to the states. Yeah. 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 So basically, it's, um, yeah, yeah. That that makes sense. Okay. So my next question I pose for you is should Trump be on Twitter or should they take his, they being his cabinet or they being um, Melania even, should they take away his Twitter? Do you think it does more damage to him or um, does it help him? Mm. I have an answer. Let's hear yours. Okay. Go ahead. So, um, think about this. So obviously I'm, I'm not a big fan of taking away anybody's right to speak, but I do think that Trump, he wields more power by having his Twitter. And so if I'm thinking about it as any president, not just President Trump, not if I agree with him or disagree with him on on certain issues, um, the fact that he can go out and tweet and completely distract from anything he wants, he can go out there and and, and cheat on his wife tomorrow, um, and it could be all over the news, and he could tweet out something that night, and it'll all be gone because of what he tweeted. Um, he has, I think he has too much power to control the media. Now, obviously part of that's because of the media, um, they'll jump on anything he says, but I think that it just gives him a little bit too much power. And, um, I, I think that it's overall, it's just bad. It gives, and it also gives too much firepower from the left to attack him and attack conservatives based off of what he's reading. So overall, I don't think that it, there's, there's very much good that comes out of it. Um, now Besides comedy, I think there's some very, very funny tweets. Um, his Rocketman tweet was one of the greatest tweets I've ever read in my life. Um, he even had one this last week weekend um, that people are jumping all over um, where he basically said to, um, was it Iran? Um, the, yeah, the you better watch what yeah, you say. Yeah, basically, yeah, you better watch it yeah. because you'll feel... Uh, wrath that you've never felt before something like that um which i think is hilarious i i know that he's it's just words but he could that one tweet will distract from anything else that's going on all the russia stuff is gone because now they're talking about iran so i just think that there's uh there's too much power in his hands with the with that little phone in his little hands yeah uh i mean i just i feel like it's the reason why i like his twitter and i've stated it before is that because he doesn't ever get off and he, like you said, he, I mean, he says a lot of stupid stuff on there. 
but because he doesn't ever get off of it, I feel like his base and the they at least don't feel like he's lying to us. He when he wants to say something, he says it, and it's not like he has to have a huge news like a press conference. He's not sitting behind the uh, the the resolute desk. He's not sitting in the Oval Office. He's not sitting in the East Wing or the West Wing. He's he's sitting there at it, wherever he is tweeting toilet and yeah, on yeah the toilet. whatever i don't care where he's tweeting <laughs> but he's talking mcdonald's he's talking to millions and millions and millions of people not even in just the united states but worldwide and it's informal uh and he says stupid stuff that gets him in a lot of trouble sometimes but at least he's talking to us whereas you know like i said before in past administrations you know you feel like everything's being hidden from you you don't you don't know the full extent of what's going on i just feel like we are we're we we have at least a glimpse into what's going on in the day-to-day life of the president and, and what he's thinking. And at least we know what he's thinking when he's thinking it. And he's not hiding stuff from us. And like, you know, I don't know. I think there yeah. is some good to it, but there's definitely some bad that comes along with it. I don't know if I want to strip his, not his right to have Twitter, but like his ability, maybe they, maybe they need to, maybe they need to check him more and say, Hey, look, you need to stop sending so much stuff or, and if you're going to send some, you need to have someone proofread it. You need to have someone say, Hey, this is a good thing. And at least show, show him what the political, political blowback will be if you send something like this. Right. So I, I get that. Like you're thinking that this actually creates a more of an open door to the presidency Mm -hmm. um, versus having a press secretary, secretary say everything that, um, that the press secretary thinks that they need to say, um, or having, you know, spokes per, uh, people for the president speaking on his behalf. You think this yeah. actually opens a door? Now, yes, what, however, what about? It, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say it probably makes Sarah Huckabee Sanders' job a lot harder. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, and and man, because I know the press secretary job is a hard job to begin with, and you have to deal with a lot of a lot of terrible people. Uh, but man, she she handles it well. Yeah, she does. So, yeah, definitely. So I did want to say, what do you think? Uh, what do you think of this idea? Just something I thought about right now. What if we gave him a blog, um, www.creedthoughts.got.www/creedthoughts, um, and uh, so he could just blog, and no one would ever read it. But he thinks he's getting out to everyone. Yeah, I think he'd be he he'd say some stuff on there that we don't ever want to hear. But <laughs> do you think that his might... tweets are worse than what Creed's thoughts are? No. For anybody wondering, we're talking about The Office, Creed from The Office. Um, it's a basically a, a, something that Ryan gave him to, to basically tweet um, onto nothing, to no one. So, anyways. Yeah. Uh, no, I think I think Trump's is pretty pretty tame compared to what Creed was doing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's funny. So, okay, so you, you think that, um, that basically he should keep, it, it should remain open and he should have open communication, um, but maybe he needs to think about what he's tweeting more or someone checking him a little bit more. Yeah. I think that it's probably, I think it's better that he does. Cause I mean, if, if he stops, if he stops Twitter now, you know, his base is probably going to feel like, Hey, you know what? They're trying to censor him and they're, they're trying to hide things from us. And you know, just like all the other administrations and he's, they're going to blame it on the swamp and, you know, government interference. I don't know what they'll blame it on, but it's, it's, it's probably a better thing that he keeps it, especially cause he's been doing it for, you know, all, two years now so yeah and i mean and even before then he tweeted a lot of stuff oh yeah um, in general Uh, what about if he just gave up his tweeting to a staffer Mm, i don't know if i like that either Uh, i I like that it i mean you can obviously tell when it's coming from him i think that (laughs) 
I like that it's coming from the president and, and that he is so direct with his, I mean, I, with his fans basically, cause he's such a, right. a, 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 a star, a celebrity. So, I mean, yeah. And I don't necessarily like that about the president. I don't like that he's a celebrity, but he is. Yeah. And he's, you know, the epitome of a celebrity. So, yeah. Um, all right. So I think that's it for, um, for the, the tweeting stuff I wanted to talk about. Um, is there anything, uh, any other topics in the, in the news or the political culture that you would like to discuss? Hmm. Let's see what happened this week. I haven't really, I haven't heard anything big this week except for the, like I said before, the CNN got a hold of the the Trump and Trump Cohen audio, but I haven't heard it, and that, that was breaking news today. So it yeah, was like six uh, six o'clock today. So yeah, really just uh, the the fallout from the Russia stuff last week, um, the the Helsinki summit, um, his tweet to uh, Iran saying, you know, don't mess with yourself. us. Yeah, watch it. Watch your back, bro. Yeah. Um, no, other than that, it's been a pretty mild week, I think. I mean, obviously there's stuff happening all the time, but like a, nothing new, you know, conservatives getting, um, harped on because of wearing MAGA hats. Actually, did you see that clip of that, of that kid who walked into the, the McDonald's eatery? or whatever? Yeah. And there was a whole group of kids out there yeah. and he said, if you're wearing a MAGA hat, I consider all of you racist or whatever it yeah. was. Stupid. Yeah. Well, let's, let's do that real quick because we haven't had any discussions on race um, or race relations at all on this podcast. So let's talk the last uh, little bit about that. And so that, uh, our listeners know our views basically, cause, um, I am, this is probably one of the most, if you consider me right, this is probably the, the most right I am in terms of, um, my, my sympathies and my understanding of, um, of, I guess, you know, black culture or, or whatever. Um, so I think this is important for people to understand where we stand. So, um, do you want to start it off? No, go ahead. I'll... Okay. So I, with, with every, all, let's just talk about what's most prominent in, in, um, in the race relations, you know, uh, debate and, and conversations. Most of them are centered around a couple of things. One of them being, uh, white privilege. One of them being, uh, that black people are, uh, discriminated against and uh, more so than white people from the cops and that um, uh, that you cannot appropriate other people's culture including black culture so if I were to wear dreadlocks or braids I am appropriating their culture and therefore I, it is bad for me to do so so in all of those topics um, so for uh, white privilege I don't think it exists I think that there is privilege for people that have money so I think that there's a uh, a privilege of people that are more well-off or have um, a better living situation or have better um, economic um, stances um, or you know, where they are economically. And I think that they are um, there's a majority privilege where people that are the majority have a little bit of, um, not necessarily even privilege, I call it majority, um, man, now I'm, I'm losing my word. Um, help me out, Seth, if you can. I don't know what you're trying to think Dang of, it. so sorry. All right, um, <laughs> no, um, majority conveniences, basically. So there's things that are a little more convenient because the market uh, caters to the majority versus the minority. 
Um, so that's how I feel about that. I just don't, I don't really believe in the white privilege thing that anything that I have is only due to my white privilege. Um, I think that everyone has to work hard and some people have to work a little bit harder based on their economic stances. And some people have, you know, it's really easy for them to get certain products and stuff that works with them, their skin, their hair, their, um, whatever it is, there's certain things that is a little bit easier for them on a daily basis. Um, but that's just mostly because of the majority, uh, more so than people being racist. Um, so do you want to yeah. talk on just that one topic um, in terms of white privilege, and then we'll go on to the next one? Uh, so, I mean, I mean I've mean, i heard various different uh, outlooks on white privilege, and I just I, I, I don't see it. Of course, I'm white, you're white, and we don't live their experience. Absolutely. Um, but it's it's hard for me to understand, you know, what they mean by white privilege. Like, I mean, uh, I know that sometimes they're, they'll say that the economic standard or the, the economic differences between the two are, you know, that because we're white, we're still benefiting from slavery. And like, as our, as if our ancestors passed down money through the generations. And that's right. why we're still so privileged because, you know, they made money off the backs of slaves. And then that money was passed down from generation to generation. And it's like, first of all, you don't know what generation or when my, my, my heritage came to the United States. I, I mean, I could have been, I don't know when my family came over here, but it's possible that my family came over here after slavery ended and, it, and they weren't benefiting from slaves. And, you know, yeah. so you, you can't just assume that every single white person in America is benefiting from, from, from slaves. And it's actually probably way less than they think it is because it's not like, there was a huge population of white people back then that had slaves and like were super profitable because of it. So I don't know. It's just on that, on that ground. I mean, it's not the only argument they make, but it's, it's certainly not uh, the best argument and I don't even know how they'd want to compensate for it. Yeah. And that, that, I think that's both of our problems for the most part is um, there's a lot of blame cast at, uh, at white people in general, including, you know, and, and obviously they're not attacking me personally when they say stuff like that, or they're not attacking Seth personally, but it's hard to say like, what do you, what, what is, what's, what can we do so that we can be on an even playing field? Because at this point, I, I just don't think there's anything that we can do. I think there's just um, people that complain and there's people that are, um, there are, there are people that are racist and there's people that discriminate. But I think that um, as a majority, I think that most people aren't racist. I, don't, I think that most people don't discriminate. And I think that everybody has a, um, not an equal chance for success in, in America, but I think that people have a very good chance at success in America. And that uh, yeah. if you, if you put your head down and not think about all the ways that you're being harmed by society, I think that anybody, white, black, brown, you know, there's no orange people except for our president, but any color <laughs> there's, I think that everyone has an equal chance to at least um, try. Yeah. And, and that's the, that's the, I think that's the idea of America is that it's it's equal of uh, equal opportunity, not equal outcome. Right. Not everyone has the same outcome, and it's never been that way. There have been plenty of people throughout the generations and centuries that you know just it 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 didn't work for them. They tried and they didn't work as hard, or maybe it just they were unsuccessful. Yeah. Um, but it's not equal of outcome; it's equal opportunity. Right. And and uh, and just to touch on a couple of things, or, or at least one thing is like it's not that there aren't people who discriminate. I mean, there certainly are people who are racist. There certainly are people who uh, favor, you know, only uh, uh, same race relations or yeah. or whatever it may be. But it's certainly not the majority of people. It's certainly not. It's such a small minority in America that this idea that America is innately racist is absolutely baffling yeah. to me. You know, I mean, for for both of us, I mean, we both have traveled the United States uh, 
quite extensively. I mean, we've been been to places. I mean, we've been in the south, we've been in the north, we've been you know over on the east coast, we've been on the west coast, and everywhere I've been, I've seen har- harmony as far as you know of races getting along. You know, in certain areas is worse than others, and you know, of course, mostly low income areas uh, where it's just you no. Know, that's where crime is produced, and there's tension you know on the streets on a day to day basis, but in like large cities or in like everyday places like in Nashville i mean there's black and white people mexican people all the time like it's a melting pot of of races and nationalities and it works really well there's not in there's nothing overtly racist about any of the places that i've been to by any right place. right there are individuals um in any place you can go anywhere you can find individuals but um that doesn't mean that as a whole we we are racist or we are um the problem you know Oh, absolutely. It's, it's in, it, it, it really makes me mad because like, you know, I, I've, there's, I, I live in California where a lot of people have only really ever been in California. There's a lot of people in California that have never really traveled anywhere back East and they say, oh yeah, all the South is, is racist. And it's like, well, where are you getting that from? Have you been to the South? Have you ever seen anybody in the South? Have you met anybody from right. the South? No, they're not. They're not all racist. Sure. There might be a little bit more, um, more racist there than in in california but it's not the vast majority by and it's not not even a a minority that controls the majority it's a it's a very finite amount of people oh absolutely and and it's dwindling too so it's it's going away it's not like it's um there's a surge of it um it's it's going away and it's something that is um you know i next 30 years i think that there's going to be you know it's going to be cut in half of the little that it is now now I I would like to know if there's stats on that, and I'm sure there are. There's like statistics on that particular issue, and I wonder if that's why the the left is now so keen on dividing people more because they want to make sure that that's still an issue to campaign on. Yeah, no, that kind of makes sense. Um, yeah, I'd like to know the stats too. Um, maybe we'll look them up for our next episode. Yeah, because I mean, I think the Republicans are guilty of that, too, because I think that, you know, the uh, Republican candidates in the past, almost all of them have campaigned on immigration, 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 and they all promised to do something about it. And I'm sure that there are roadblocks in the way, you know, of course, you know, you know, Congress and the Senate and in the House of Representatives are it's slow moving and it's hard to get things done. But I don't know if there's even a huge attempt to fix the, the immigration problem because Republicans want to keep campaigning on it. They always want that to be a campaign issue so that people people keep voting for him. And, you know, that's why I think a lot of people were so excited for Trump to get in because they're like, this guy, he's not a politician. He's trying to get things done and he's going to get it done. Yeah. So and we'll, we'll time. will tell. So, yeah, I think that the RNC and the DNC actually think about these issues and say, you know, how can we manipulate these important issues that our country is facing so that we can continue to campaign on them and keep winning. Elections. Right. Right. Because if there's no issues, there's nothing to campaign on. So they have to have issues. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Great. So the next thing, um, so we'll, we'll try to hit this one quickly. It's just, um, you know, the police brutality and, uh, shootings of unarmed black men. So I think that Seth and I agree mostly on, on this is any of the shootings that happen, um, to an unarmed black man, um, they they should be judged individually and they should not be judged as okay it was an unarmed black man since he's unarmed since he's black that means that it was a racist thing that means that they were trying to kill him um it, or her um that it, i we don't i don't believe that that's the case i think that every single one has to be looked at has to be looked at the facts and as 
best they can do to get the, the full picture before um, jumping to conclusions, I think is important. It's absolutely important. And even there was a recent one that happened. I'm not exactly sure of the guy's name, but there was protests, I believe, in Chicago about it because it happened in Chicago where uh, a young black man was killed by the police and almost instantly before any facts had been announced to the public, uh, there were protests and riots because of it saying that the guy was unarmed. So within one day, the, the police department released the video, the the chest cams of the police officers and showed very clearly that the guy had a uh, a pistol in his in his waistband and the cops shot him because it, it was very clear that the guy had a pistol and he was running away and he he went to go pull it out so you know it's important that these facts are actually produced and that people wait for the facts because you have no idea what you're talking about some of the time you have no idea what the facts are and that the facts present themselves to show that the police officer was in the wrong, then the police officer should definitely go to jail. I don't think anyone does yeah, that. Yeah, definitely. If the police officer was wrong, they should they should you know full, face the full punishment that they 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 did they get and they deserve. But you can't just say, oh, a cop shot a black guy, and oh, the black guy was was wasn't armed. It's like you don't right right know that. You it's almost like that. they you... they have their story written before um, before they know it, and so and I think that on on both sides is these people. Um, the cop should be judged on his his merit um, on what he's done in the past. So if he has always been a racist type or has always had these um, uh, these incidences happening and then now he killed somebody, like, yeah, of course, that cop should probably be fired and put in jail and um, depending on the severity, you know, locked up for life. Um, so I think the yeah. only thing that I, I might differ a little bit is I, I, I will support cops as much as I possibly can, but there is a cop brotherhood that I think... Um, there should be something done about it where um, if people are doing something um, wrong in a police department, I think that other cops should be able to speak out about it. But right now, I don't think that that's part of their culture. Um, their culture is to protect well, each no, other, and which I don't. is great when you're talking about protecting each other from their superiors or protecting each other from harm. But when it's talking about lying and the corruption within police departments, I think that's a, that's bad. Yeah, and I think right now we're, with how things are going in the United States, we're only pushing that bond right. closer and closer together because because there's such an, uh, a huge outrage towards cops that all the cops feel unified in saying, hey, you know what? I got your back, buddy, because I know that you're you're not doing anything wrong, or at least I would have right. done the same thing in your position, and I hope that right. you Right, so they start tweaking the and story. Like, even though if the story wasn't bad to begin with, they'll tweak it to make it sound even better. Um, yeah, that makes sense. Right. Which, like, right now, I just, I feel like because of this, I mean, harping on cops so much, like, oh, speaking of, there was a, a report done in Boston after the, what was this, not Michael Brown, um, I, I don't know, it happened a couple of years ago where a gentleman died in police oh, yeah. custody, and and because of the backlash that happened in Boston, uh, it sh the report said that from 2016 to 2018, like significant decreases in policing have happened. And now it's the highest uh, murder rate capital in the United States. So it's like the, because the police got harped on so bad in Boston, um, the, they stopped policing. They said, we're not going to, yeah. Right. They start, it's, yeah, it's definitely a two way street. It's like the cops have to be more part of their community um, in order to get people to trust them. And the people that um, don't trust them need to reach out to the cops at the same time and not jump to conclusions um, on each of these shootings. And, and um, it has to be a two way street. It has to be harmonious. And right now it's it's 
the most divided it's been since well, you know that's the 50s. absolutely true but i think this also dumps into the the culture a little bit too because right now we have a culture where it's like promoting not trusting the cops and when the cops tried to have like that outreach to the community and say hey we want to become you know we want to be part of your community we want to be part of you know helping and solve these issues they are so against cops because of the culture that they're like no we don't want anything to do with you because you're you're cops and they treat cops as if they're bad people and even if they're trying to do the right thing and like obviously rap music is a big promoter of that you know especially with um, yeah yeah had the all of this happening in the United States uh, with Black Lives Matter and like uh, fighting against the cops, and then right in the middle of that, Hollywood decides to release a movie called uh, Straight Outta Compton, which the the biggest song that um, what was the name of that band NWA had was you know F the Police, and it was like this isn't this isn't the right time for that kind of movie. This isn't the right time to promote you know F the Police and Straight Outta Compton and like a uh, uh, hating police officers. It's just, it wasn't the right time. It's just, it's a culture issue. I think, I mean, not completely, but I think it's a big part of the problem. Well, yeah. And if you, in, and not even the culture of the, the community, it's also the culture of America at large. Um, when they, when everything is, is, um, tossed around the internet so quickly that facts are manipulated. Are, twisted and yeah manipulated and everything's done for clicks um it's like oh watch this black man get shot and then everyone starts clicking on it and they're like oh my god an unarmed black man was shot when the the facts are 100 well, right different. and then of course the people who are who are putting those videos online they're only showing what like 15 second clips or maybe like a minute minute right. clip and where you have you have no idea what happened before the incident you have no idea what happened after yeah. the incident you have no idea what was going on you don't know the situation you don't wait for the facts you just see this video and you're like mm, that cop was in the wrong he didn't deserve to do that it's like yeah no. right right yeah definitely so um last thing um on on this topic was my third one which was cultural appropriation um so this one honestly i i I don't get it at all, um, and I wish that I, I understood it a little bit more. Um, and Stephen Crowder says it: to appropriate is to appreciate, mm-hmm. and I believe that is if you if you're trying to become or trying to be a part of someone else's culture and adopting that culture into your own. Um, I, I don't see how that's a bad thing. That's like welcoming somebody in. If um, let's say um, there's a Chinese family in your in your household or a Japanese family uh, in your neighborhood, and you invite them over and you decide, okay, everyone's going to take off their shoes when they come in. We're going to you know, sit down. We're going to um, do a traditional Japanese style meal because they're over. That's not culturally appropriating. Um, it's appreciating their culture and appreciating them and doing something special for and them. But nowadays you can actually be ridiculed you know, and like uh, ridiculed outcast for it, yeah. from society well, because of it. Yeah. That, that, that young lady that wore a, um, uh, a Japanese style dress to her prom was was ridiculed all over the internet because um, it was cultural appropriation. Someone said, "Don't don't uh, my culture isn't or yeah, what was it? My culture isn't uh, your prom dress or whatever mm-hmm. it was." It's like it was a beautiful dress. Um, I just don't. I really really don't understand it. And I wish that I did. And everything I've heard about it just makes me well, you know, honestly, it makes me cringe. And, it's like and really, it's interesting to th- in that particular case was. Um, Chinese workers who were asked about this were saying, no, this is a great news because it gives us a bigger chance to sell more dresses in the United States. Like it's like right. we get to make more dresses and sell them to the United States. And it's a big economic, economical boom for, um, 
for China and Chinese workers. And it's like, this is a good thing. It's a, it's, it's good to appreciate other people's culture. I can't understand why that would ever be a bad thing. It's unfathomable. Right. right. It's, I think the only time it becomes a bad thing is when you're, you're making fun of it or you're, um, if, mm. you know, if, if you're doing something to, to offend somebody else, um, purposefully, I think that could be a bad thing, but this is not, that's not the case. Well, no, but of course, I mean, that's going to happen if, I mean, if, and it still does happen, people mock other cultures all the time. And it's, 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 even if you say, Hey, you're culturally appropriating something that's not going to get rid of the problem. You should, in, you should embrace people who are doing it respectfully and, and say, Hey, you guys are being, you know, you're being disrespectful being, yeah, yeah. when they're being disrespectful and just say, you know, there's a difference between the two and you should, you should say, Hey, I really appreciate that you guys try to do it the right way and that you're like really respecting the culture and that you're trying to be part of it. That's awesome. And then, Hey, you guys are being rude and let, and let it be like that. But I mean, to say that you can't appreciate anyone's culture, you can't take part in anyone's culture is asinine. It's stupid. Yeah, definitely. No, cultural appropriation is, is the, the backbone of America. Is that's why we have such great food in this in this nation is because um, people have come over here and they've shared their recipes, they've shared their ways, and we then take that over and um, take, we don't take that. We take um, that we and we either it. make it better or we, yeah, we embrace it and try to um, be part of it. You know, is it cultural appropriation for me to go eat at a Mexican restaurant? No. If that's the case, then every Mexican restaurant's going to go out of business if white people can't eat there. Right. Well, and they would certainly say that it's cultural appropriation when um, when a white person owns uh, a Mexican restaurant. Yeah, yeah which I, I don't get that either. Yeah. It's like I'm, I, I can own whatever restaurant I want. It's America. Yeah. Um, it's it just it's 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 crazy to me that and I, of course, I don't think this translates only to food. This translates to all types of different things. So, you know, when um, uh, what was it? The Irish came over and they would make um, what was it? Not bangers and mash, but uh, what's that thing that you love? Shepherd's pie. No, no, no. The thing that you eat all the time. Um, chicken. <laughs> Kickstarts. No, the really <laughs> salty meat and oh man, I can't, I can't think of it right now. But it was a, it's an Irish dish. Um, with salty meat. I yeah, love salty meat. I know. That's like my favorite. What? Uh, oh, corned beef. Corned beef. Corned beef and hash, or corned corn beef, beef, yeah, beef and cabbage. That and, and I love corned beef. They they started making it with um, uh, without pork, or is it? It's not pork, is it? Um, corned beef. Yeah. Think about what, what what the name is. Yeah, it's beef. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but they started making it that way because it was a traditionally done differently in Ireland, from what I've heard, or uh, and um, because they were living in uh, like a Jewish community when they immigrate Im- immigrated over here, they started right, making right. it with beef because, um, it was, they were, they let the, uh, the Jews eat with them and the Jews yeah. couldn't eat pork. And so they started making it with, with beef. And it was just, I thought that was interesting. It's like, but it's like, Hey, you know what? We, they embraced both cultures and said, Hey, well, you know, we made a different dish and we are, we're going to make it differently because we want to embrace your culture and our culture. And it melded together. And now we have corned beef and hash, which is, you know, almost an American staple in certain yeah. states, and it's it's fantastic. Yeah. Now, do they have corned pork? I don't know. That sounds good to me. As long as <laughs> it's salty. Um, and, and I heard that somewhere. I can't. Remember. I don't know if I got all the, those facts right. I mean, no. That I sounds. Could, it sounds cool. I like it. Yeah. Regardless, it's a good story. Yeah. And so, I mean, it, but it was just. A, it's a cool. You know, there's a, there's history in 
cultural appropriation. There's history in it. And it's like, you know, there's, there's things that we've done and we've grown as a country because of these things. And it's like, you want to start dividing people and saying you can only, be- well, of course this is intersectionality, which is you can only belong to specific groups. Right. Like that's yeah. exactly what it is. And it's like, that's stupid. You don't want people to, to only live in their own little group. You want people to be able to go from group to group to group and, and learn and grow and be be better. Yeah, it's just so funny how again the left and right have kind of flip flopped in that. Is the right says, yeah, let's have, let's let everybody mix and meld and and um, you know uh, there is no such thing as a cultural appropriation. Um, and the left now, and not all the left, of course, but you know the left now is um, saying no, let's let's keep people divided. And you know, like you said, they need to be in their their perfect little bubbles um, because for them it's a it's a political win. It's just so interesting to you because when you talk to these people, they, they say like, you know, they don't see it as being in their own little bubble. They see this as progress. And I don't understand how they can't see the fact that, you know, letting people go from culture to culture and like being able to, to appreciate other people's cultures is beneficial for everybody. Right. And of course that they're, they're being completely contradictive about their message. They like, they want progress and people to um, be sympathetic to other people's cultures and stuff like that but you just can't part- participate in it right, it's like, right i don't understand yeah it's it's you know. it's silly um yeah. okay cool well i think that's it for race i think we got kind of got our um our points out there do you have anything else you wanted to talk about on that one uh no i think that this is going to be a uh, another conversation at some point you yeah know? but you know we both have lived in california in a pretty big melting pot in sacramento and um i even have black step family I know that, you know, we've both been around, I mean, we've been around many different races, have many different friends. And, you know, in the eyes of the left, that's just not enough. If you don't live their culture because you are that culture, then you'll never understand their culture. And I don't think that that's accurate. I think it's stupid. Yeah, no, and that that, that makes sense. So, cool. Well, once again, everybody, thank you for being part of this podcast um, and sticking through it. This is a long one. We're getting, we're getting real good at the long ones. Yeah, hopefully, yeah, like hopefully it. our next one's two hours, but we'll, we'll get there. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, we could talk all day. I know we could. Oh, so, yeah. um, but anyways, appreciate you guys. And um, Seth, do you have anything else? Uh, yeah, uh, share it with your friends. Share it on Twitter or uh, on uh, Facebook. Whatever you guys want to do to help push us along. You know, we like uh, you guys listening, and we appreciate it. And um, thank yep. you. Thanks for being here, Chris. We, you know, we'll see you next yep. week. Thanks, guys. Yeah, we'll talk to you next <laughs> week. Yeah.